he said, you think of me like I'm a boss to you, like I'm your employer and you're my employee. You have this thought process that you just want to do things for me and you want to please me. And I appreciate those things, but the mentality that drives it, I don't particularly resonate with because what you do with me, our dynamic relationally is performance-based. You feel like the better you perform, the more I love you. And I've already made up my mind about you. I love you. Then he said something different. He said, I love you, but I like you. And when you make stupid decisions, I still like you. We believe that you are strong by design and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. You're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life in today's episode. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to another Strong by Design podcast. My name is Jared Haley. Uh, Glad to get to host uh, with you guys today. I just want to encourage you, if you like the podcast, if you uh, are enjoying what you're listening to, please give us an awesome review. Help us get this content out. Share it to your friends. Talk about it. You know, shout it from the rooftops. Uh, we really, uh, it, this is uh, our way of, of really just sharing with you uh, our hearts here uh, at Critical Bench. Uh, we tackle everything from faith to fitness to uh, family. And so it's just, it's, it's great to be with you guys today. I have an awesome guest with me today. His name is Dave Powers. Uh, Dave, how are you, man? Thanks so much for, for coming on the show with me today. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. And I'm doing pretty good this morning. Not too bad at all. Yeah. So Dave is hailing from uh, Colorado uh, today. And uh, uh, I mean, you're always in Colorado. So uh, but Dave, maybe before we we jump into too much uh, that we're doing today, would you mind just uh, praying for us, uh, praying that uh, the spirit would would lead us through our conversation today and really that uh, God would use what we talk about today to really impact some lives? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Jesus, thank you so much for what you're doing, not just in our lives personally, but in the world. And not just in other countries uh, outside of the United States, but thank you also for what you're doing in the United States. Thank you for what you're doing in the areas of business and finance and education and family. And thank you for what you're doing in churches. You are you have such amazing plans, and we're really grateful and thankful to be a part of them. And this morning, we'd like to ask that you'd help us understand in a deeper way the amazing grace of our Master Jesus, the extravagant love of the Father, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit, that those, uh, those concepts and realities would be very, um, very much a part of our lives today, like breathing in and out. So we just invite your presence here. We invite you to help open our eyes to your truth and to your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. Uh, so Dave, man, we met, I don't know, a couple, was it two years ago? I don't know how long ago it was when we first met. Well, it was, was, more, it all- it was whenever you moved from, uh, from Iowa. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so How many I years was, was shoo, four or five maybe. So it's been a little bit longer, yeah. Yeah, but we we first started really engaging when we did the Not So Late show, um, right? I think that was the first time we've had extensive conversations, but I've been able to develop a great friendship with Dave uh, over the last few years and uh, just really appreciate uh, Dave's heart and his, really the intimacy that he has uh, with Jesus and with with the, uh, with all, really all parts of, of who God is, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And uh, Dave, you are uh, you have multiple music things happening. I know that you have Mountain City still uh, with your wife, and you're, you're doing another project with St. Vrain. Um, and so uh, I, I love what you're doing with St. Vrain, by the way. Maybe just give me like a, a 30-second synopsis of, of what you guys are doing with that and, and the ministry uh, idea behind that. Okay, so St. Vrain originally started as an ambient music project, which means it's really chill, uh, instrumental stuff that would help people go to sleep and pray and focus and that type of thing. But at the beginning of this year, we decided to pivot it into a lo-fi direction. So lo-fi, if you're unfamiliar with that, is kind of like if you're sitting in an Asian fusion restaurant and the instrumental music behind you is playing it's like that it's like a beat it's very it's kind of repetitive but it's designed to help people focus so uh we've been working on that project and it's been really fun i've got a couple other ambient projects and a worship project as well but that yeah. lo-fi project is fun yeah those are good it, it's cool because uh i know one of the things that we've talked about is is just the high level of anxiety that people have uh, and being able to, I know for me, uh, putting that stuff on and just being able to, to sit and be still. Um, and maybe we'll, we'll get into that today as uh, we really are, our focus today is talking about Jesus uh, as a friend. And, um, you know, St. Vrain is definitely, uh, that music can be a good tool as you're, you're trying to sit and be still and focus and spend time uh, with, with Jesus in that way. But uh, good stuff. Mountain City, uh, love your guys' stuff that you do with that as well. Uh, you, you guys uh, still... Uh, you're my gold is often comes on on the radio. You know, our kids know it now they're singing along in the car. And so, um, you know, uh, really, really good stuff. Um, maybe tell us a little bit more about who are you, Dave? Where do you come from? How did you get to be where you are? Uh, all of those good things. Okay. Yeah. So I was born in Colorado. I'm a fourth generation Colorado native. Uh, I've got two sons, a 17 year old and a nine year old. I've been married to my favorite human of all time, which is Tara, (laughs) uh, for coming up on 19 years this year. And um, let's see, Tara was actually giving me a little trouble the other day because uh, we've traveled all over the world, I think almost 25 countries as missionaries for the last 16 years. And it's been really an incredible experience. But she was giving me a little trouble because she was like, you know, you are such a redneck. You have never lived more than 18 <laughs> miles from your birth town. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that is 100% true. I haven't lived more than 18 miles. But I was like, wait a minute, though. A redneck? I mean, now hold on a sec. Is that the definition uh, of a redneck? <laughs> <laughs> apparently. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure if it really is, but uh, I, it did make me chuckle, though. Yeah. 
Where's so, Tara from? Yeah. Tara's a Midwest gal. She was born in That's Indiana. That's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, we had the honor of adopting our youngest son, Kai. He is awesome. And our son, Hunter, is super sharp. And what a great guy. Fantastic guy. Uh, studying to be an EMT and in a, a fire department internship right now. And so it's weird actually coming up on having an 18 year old, Jared, it makes yeah. me want to barf a little bit. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can imagine it. Uh, Ezra hit double digits this year and uh, it was a bit concerning and alarming thinking about, you know, we're getting older. Um, but uh, I guess that's the the way life's, life goes, you know? It is, man. Yeah. You can't stop yeah. it, and if you do, it's probably a, not a good thing. So That's right. So, uh, yeah, I was uh, working at a church, and in about 2006, I was hanging out with Jesus and felt like he was asking us to stop working at this church and start a nonprofit, which I had no grid for at all. No idea how to do that, but I had some amazing friends and did some research. and So, yeah, we've been overseeing a nonprofit called Worship and the Word Movement. And that's been a really fun experiment, uh, kind of coming alongside different people and helping them pursue their dreams. And uh, I lead worship and speak at different churches. Dude, I actually just realized this. I've been doing this for 16 years, uh, almost a different church every week for 16 years. That has been so cool because you get to see the different things that God is doing in each individual community, but you also get to see the common threads that he's doing in all of the communities. That is kind of mind blowing, actually. It's been really fun to watch. So um, I'm an entrepreneur and I do all kinds of different stuff. Yeah. 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 When, when you're at different churches, I know for us, as we've been, uh, you know, in ministry at different places across the country, uh, we find the same people and personality types at each place that we go. Uh, it's really funny, like the, the the dynamics of people who make up the church, and it goes, okay, that's who, you're that person here, and you're this, but you know, I, obviously they're different and they're individuals, and, and it's not exactly the same. But it's just fun. It it's 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 interesting, uh, just kind of seeing that mosaic uh, across you know, different places that we go, um, that, you know, that, that commonality, I guess. Do you see that as well? I'm just, it's, it's just kind of a random thought, but. I think my snapshots, uh, since they're so short, you know, I'm just there yeah, for a, a, it's a weekend. Different. It's harder for me to do that. However, what you're talking about in terms of the different churches that I've been to. Oh yeah. There's, uh, different roles that, people have not only in the church structure, but also just similar personalities that you run into and you go, uh-huh. So mm-hmm. there's the, there's that. <laughs> there's a, <laughs> that's the nice way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people feel that way about me too. Yeah. Well, there's that. Yeah, there he is. Great. Yeah. Here he comes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. But uh, yeah, so I, I really... The reason I wanted to have you on the show with me is because uh, really this uh, deep intimacy that I, I see you living out day in and day out uh, in your relationship with Jesus. And uh, we we were talking about, hey, what are things that, that we could 
that we could kind of riff on together. And this was something that rose to the top for you. Um, and so I just, I really kind of want to release you. Uh, what is it, you know, what does that mean? Jesus is my friend. Where, where does that come from? Uh, it, it can, it can kind of feel, I think, counterintuitive maybe for people when they think about uh, their relationship with God or, or who Jesus is and, and really, yeah, I get having a relationship with God, but it maybe maybe people don't think of, man, Jesus is my friend and, and he's along for the ride with me, uh, you know. And so uh, I just, well, I'll, I'll let you talk for a little bit and, and share kind of where, where you're at with some of this stuff and where your heart's at. And uh, I, I'm ready to learn, Dave. So so teach me. Give me your <laughs> wisdom. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I don't know if you remember this. There's a video from several years ago that was a a conference of a special song that uh, some denomination was doing called Jesus is a friend of mine. I don't know if you remember that at all, but it was like everybody's in suits and I'll have to show you the video. It's hilarious. If you go on YouTube and just type it in, you'll, you'll have a little laugh, but um, yeah, it's these people in, you know, nice business suit type things uh, doing this. I don't know. Some kind of like, you know what? It's coming back to me. I think that yeah. I have seen what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like, Jesus is yeah. a friend. Jesus is That's my right. friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, kind of, it's yeah, super cheese ball, you know. Right. But um, that phrase always makes me, you know, when I hear, you know, Jesus is my friend, I'm like, Jesus is a friend of mine. That's right. <laughs> it, go, it takes you right there. <laughs> it does. So where I learned this was I was a – in ministry for quite a while. And I guess I had this thought about being in ministry that if if I was in full-time ministry, I was going to be really close with Jesus. And I found that not to be the case because you're meeting with people all the time. You're preparing for different things, different services. Somebody is going through difficulty in their marriage or somebody just passed away or uh, somebody just needs to talk through a difficult situation. They just got bad news, whatever. And you find out that you're pouring out your life on behalf of others. And then you realize, wow, I really don't have that much of a friendship with Jesus at all. Personally, I thought I was going to. I thought I was going to have all this time to pray and be in the word and all of these things. And I just, uh, that is not happening. Well, then even in the business sector where I've started several different businesses, the same is exactly true. It's like, okay, now that I'm an entrepreneur working for myself, I will have all this time to spend with Jesus. And no, no, that is not the case either because there's all kinds of different things and project launches and research and development and all these different things that you have to do. And so anyway, this is a few years ago. I went up to the mountains to hang out in a cabin and just do some fasting. And for those of you that don't know what fasting is, it's, it's kind of where you not eat for a while. You can do other types of fasting too. It doesn't just have to be with food. But um, I went up for three days to this cabin just to abstain from eating food and really spend some time in prayer and study. Well, I got up there and I had like all of my tools that would help me hear from God, you know. I, and I think at that time too, what tools did you fast- bring? Well, I was going to say, I mean, the, the first tool, the fasting tool, I think my understanding of fasting was kind of like, this is a great way for God to talk to you. And in my construct at the time, my, my mentality was, 
that fasting twists God's arm. And that's how you can get him to talk to you if you really need something. So it was, it was a transactional thing in my mind. It wasn't a relational thing in my mind. And so I went up there to twist his arm so that he would talk to me because I wasn't really hearing his voice too much in that season. I actually was in ministry and feeling kind of distant and far away from him. And I didn't really like that. So I did what I knew to do, go up to the mountains and fast. So the other tools that I had was, you know, I had a giant stack of books that I probably didn't even crack one of them open. I had my guitar. I had a sound system, a smaller one that I could, you know, put worship music on. I had a journal, so pen, paper, that type of thing. I was armed with the idea of taking walks in the mountains and being reflective uh, outdoors. Had some different... um, Yeah, some different tools like that. So I went up there with all my tools and started the process. There's a thing about me, though. When I get hungry, I get angry. You know that old hangry thing? So, yeah. So I didn't really take that into consideration. I'm up there for three days. Uh, Tara and my one son at the time were down in the plains of Colorado. I'm up in the mountains. So I jumped right in, started utilizing all my tools and really trying to quiet my heart and listen for the voice of God. And at the end of that first day, I heard nothing, not one thing. And I was frustrated, but I was also getting hungry. And so I was getting frustrated by that too. And so I just thought, ah, tomorrow will be better. So I went to bed, got up the next day and jumped into my rhythm and started doing all my tools and uh, was, I mean, it went the entire day and I heard nothing. Oh, so frustrated. So then I was even more hungry at that point. So I actually threw a little fit. Were you doing fast. a full, were you doing a full fast? Yeah, it was a water fast. Yeah. So okay. no food, just, just water. Just water. Got it. Yeah. So I was, you know, I was throwing a total tantrum at the end of the second night and I told God, like a second, like a two-year-old or three-year-old, you know, if you don't talk to me tomorrow, I'm going to be so ticked, you know. I'm going to be so frustrated because you're supposed to, like, this is supposed to work. I'm, yeah. I'm using this I'm, bag of I'm, tricks. You know? I'm doing the tool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I think in retrospect, you could almost hear him, like, laughing, you know, like, <laughs> Yeah, look at you and your little bag of tricks trying to get me to do stuff, you know? Dave, you're, you're, cute, you're cute, Dave. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so anyway, I started, uh, I, I went to sleep. I got up the next day, started with the same old bag of tricks. And it was several hours into it, and I still heard nothing. So frustrating. So I was about ready to just pack up my stuff and leave. And I was telling him, you know, I, I stepped away from my family to get time with you and I haven't heard anything and I'm so angry and all this stuff. And, um, and I got this idea. So I had a stack of papers and I grabbed a pen and I started breaking my life down into sections. So like, for instance, I'm a dad. So I wrote down dad at the top of one piece of paper and set it down on the table in front of me. And I'm a husband, so I wrote that down at the top of a piece of paper, and I set that down in front of me. 
by the time I was done breaking down my life into sections, I think there was 19 pieces of paper in front of me. And I just scooted back from the table and I said, Lord, I would love to hear from you about any of this stuff. You can take something off the table. You can put something else onto the table. You can speak to any of these things individually. I don't care what you say. I don't care if it's uncomfortable. I want to hear from you. I sat there for about 20 minutes. And guess what I heard? Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) I was so Mm -hmm. frustrated. So (laughs) I was like, ah, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. Right about the time. I give you a system. That's right. (laughs) Right about the time I was about ready to leave, I had this experience. I'll do my best to tell you about it. But it was like Jesus walked into that room. I don't know. That sounds mystical. It sounds weird. I don't mean it to sound weird. But it kind of was weird in in a way because it went from me not having a sense of the presence of God to sitting up straight in my chair and my eyebrows went up and I, like it shook me. There was something that changed in the room, you know. I can't explain it too much better than that. Anyway, it, it caught my attention so much that out loud I said, oh, thank you for coming and I am like ready to listen. What happened next was a conversation and I don't know what your experience is with prayer. Sometimes it's, for me, it's really one-sided. It's me talking at God, you know, (laughs) it's like me, just one-sided conversation, monologue type of thing. But prayer in its essence is, conversational. I mean, it's two ways. It's what you and I are doing to a degree. I've been monologuing pretty hard here, <laughs> but you're chipping in things, Jared. I, into this I get my chips every once in a while, yeah. you know? <laughs> yes. And uh, in this case, I'm doing way more of the talking, but I think prayer is supposed to be conversational where you contribute some and then you listen. I heard one mm-hmm. person say, God gave you one mouth mm-hmm. and two ears. Mm-hmm. So that I you think every listen. youth pastor yeah, across yeah, right. the country <laughs> has said that one to all of their youth students at one time yeah. or another. <laughs> That's right. You have two ears so that you can listen twice as much as you talk. And so I started having a conversation with Jesus that afternoon. And the conversation um, went something like this. I was, I was kind of listening. We can get into this deeper if you want to about what it's like to hear the voice of God or whatever. But I'll just give you the kind of the bare bones conversation really quick. So um, I sat up in my chair and I was ready and I felt like he started speaking to my heart and he said, Dave, I know that you want me to talk to you about these things and I will, but I need to talk to you about a pattern in your life first. Yikes. And that, yeah, that didn't sound super awesome. <laughs> oh, man. So I said, okay, that, I'm ready. That's not, I'm just thankful that's to not be one. hearing his voice. Sure. Yeah. So uh, he said, um, you think of me like I'm a boss to you, like I'm your employer and you're my employee. 
you have this thought process that you just want to do things for me and you want to please me. And I appreciate those things, but the mentality that drives it, I don't particularly resonate with because what you do with me, our dynamic relationally is performance based. You feel like the better you perform, the more I love you. And I've already made up my mind about you. I love you. Now, you can make stupid decisions, and there are consequences to those decisions, just like in life. Uh, you make a stupid decision, there's, you know, there's waves <laughs> that happen naturally because of the decisions we make, good or bad. And so then he said something different. He said, I love you, but, but I like you. And when you make stupid decisions, I still like you. And I was like, what? He said, yeah. So for instance, you, your rhythm is you'll come to me and say, Hey God, what can I do for you? And I'll give you a little assignment and you go do your assignment. And while you're doing that assignment, that's pretty much all you and me talk about. And then when this, this, the assignment wraps up, you come to me again, ooh, what else can I do for you? And then I give you another assignment and then that's all you and I talk about. So here's the thing. You're up here looking for an assignment and I'm not going to talk to you about an assignment until you figure out how to be my friend. And I was like, uh, well, I thought we already were friends. <laughs> it yeah. was kind of news to me. Like we're not friends. I didn't know uh -huh. that. Uh -huh. um, so that's surprising to me to find out. Well, I started thinking about what does friendship with Jesus look like? And immediately my wife, Tara popped into my mind. So Tara and I, a little backstory. When I met her, Typically, at that time in my life, if I was going to get interested in a girl, that meant I was going to jump into dating that girl. And that typically meant we were going to get pretty hot and heavy, if you know what I mean, pretty quick. <laughs> and so I was out of alignment with Jesus in that space of my life at that time. Well, the cool thing about Tara was when I started dating her, or I, when I started getting to know her, I actually didn't jump into the dating process I actually just developed a friendship with her for six months that was not romantic in nature, which I think personally is the strength of my marriage with her. I feel like my marriage with Tara is rooted in this foundation of friendship. I remember, uh, in fact, I was having this memory when I was up in the mountains exploring this idea of friendship for the first time with Jesus. I was thinking, you know, I like to hang out with her. Yeah, I, I love her, but I really like her. Like when I get done with my work day, it's not a bummer for me to go home. I'm not like, I have to go hang out with Tara now. I genuinely like her. She is fun to be around. She is hilarious. A great sense of humor. She is very smart. She challenges me. She is empathetic. She feels the feelings of others. She can help me, which I'm not a big feeler. <laughs> she helps me feel and uh, my feelings and the feelings of others. She's, she's incredibly intuitive. She's creative. She's awesome. I just really genuinely like her. 
And when I was thinking about these things, I actually remembered even our wedding vows. The day that we got married, we had written, you know, unique wedding vows to each other. I was grabbing her hand and I was reading these vows and I said in the vow, I love you, but I really like you. And she started laughing and I thought, well, that's cool, but I'm not sure why she's laughing. The reason she was <laughs> laughing is because two minutes later she was reading her vows to me. She said the exact same line, Dave, I love you, but I just really like you. And so we had a little nerd out moment there, you know? Um, so I was remembering all these things and I remembered that when I get done with work, I wouldn't kick the door open to the front of my house and say, woman, make me some dinner and sit down in front of the TV and turn it up real loud and ignore her all night long. That is not my, my relational rhythm with Tara. Um, so I was remembering all these things and I felt like Jesus kind of broke into those memories and just said, you see that, that thing, that whole, you love her, but you like her. You and I don't have that. Like, I know Dave, that you love me. You just don't like me. And that was a shocking thing to hear and to realize that I do really and have for a long time love God. I love Jesus. I love Holy Spirit. But the idea of liking him was totally off my grid. Uh, for instance, he said this. He, he started talking to me. He goes, um, when was the last time you asked me how my day was? I had never had that thought in my life. Yeah. That's the first time I, I've had that thought. It's just because you just said yeah. it. Yeah. Uh -huh. He's like, you ask your friends that all the time. You've never asked me that. He said, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but I had a day today. Um, he started kind of unfolding what his day might look like. He goes, you know, your, your life is very complicated, Jared, just like mine is. There's a lot of moving parts. You got kids, you have work, you're living in Tampa or in the Tampa area now. Um, your life has a lot of moving parts, not just in the present, but also how the past is influencing your present. And then there's the whole future component that we haven't lived into yet. Your life is complicated. My life is complicated. If you take that times 8 billion, that's a lot of details, man. Because that's ish how many people are on the planet. Um, that is a tremendous amount of details. Let's say that there's 2 billion people on the planet that in some way follow Jesus. Um, just that amount of prayers, 2 billion prayers or people praying, uh, the amount of administration involved in just 2 billion people, billion with a B, that is a tremendous amount of people is crazy, but we know that God isn't just involved in the lives of people that follow Jesus. He's involved in everybody. The people that are just born for three minutes and then pass. The people that live 93 years and have a rich, full legacy and pass. The people that are 37 years old, addicted to methamphetamines and die in a car accident and everything in between. He is involved in every one of those details. That is a tremendous amount of information. But he's not just involved 
in the suffering or in the celebration of every human life alive right now, he always has been involved in every human life that has ever been. But it's not just the humans, he's involved in every animal. Like He understands and knows every fish that's been right outside Cosmel, Mexico, in the Columbia Reef. He's known every fish that was there. He understands every insect that has ever flown around on this planet. He understands, the, he knows the number of snowflakes that has ever fallen on this planet. Like if you grabbed a snowball and, and put it all together, how many f- snowflakes do you think would be represented there, Jared? I don't know, billions? I know. It's like a no tremendous idea. amount. Yeah. But think about then a blizzard that happens in Colorado and you have three feet of snow covering a huge swath of earth. And think about that. Like, what is the number of snowflakes that fell in that one blizzard? But then pan out and go, that's just one blizzard out of how many? All over the world? For the entirety of history, there is a number of snowflakes that have fallen, and he knows that number. Okay, that's a tremendous amount of information, but he's not just aware of every detail about planet Earth. He's, a, he's intimately involved in every detail of every planet in our solar system, every star that is in the heavens, for all time. Ever since they were created, he has known literally every detail. He had a day yesterday. I mean, he doesn't sleep. He experienced all of this. And he goes, you've never asked me how my day was. Like I could tell you stuff that blows your mind. In fact, later in our conversation, I want to tell you the first time that I asked God how his day was. Unless you want to hear it now. You want to hear it now? Go ahead. Yeah. Go to it. Let's do it. All right. Was this on a different occasion? uh, Yeah, different occasion. Yeah. Because you can't do it right then. It's just uh, awkward. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. well, how is your day? How was your day? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't go well so, in marriage either, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So it was, I had worked a full day. I was up till about two in the morning. I was doing some emails about ready to go to bed. And that thought occurred to me. I should ask God how his day was. So I had this little green couch up in my office and I stopped and got down on my knees in front of this couch. And I just said, Lord, how's your day? And I waited for 20 seconds or 30 seconds. And all of a sudden, I mean, out of the blue, I was closing my eyes and I saw these two words pop up in front of my eyeballs. I wouldn't call it like a vision or anything, but it was just like, it's almost like a mental picture. And it was two words, Solomon Islands. Solomon Islands. Is that even a real place? I don't know. Well, I had this map on the wall, so I went over and looked. And I searched for like 10 minutes. I could not find it. I thought, I'm just making stuff up. So I was about ready to go back and get on my knees again, which wasn't necessarily a normal practice for me. But I thought, "Ah, let's just give it a shot. So just before I stepped away from the map, I looked at Australia, and then I looked at New Zealand, and then I looked about two inches above New Zealand. And there 
a group of islands was called the Solomon Islands. I didn't even know that was a place. So then I got really excited, jumped over and started Googling the Solomon Islands, which I should have just done in the first place. <laughs> but, but <laughs> it wasn't as fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I find this like a national website for the Solomon Islands. And there's this like a, a red ticker tape that's going like this along the bottom of the uh, website talking about current events and different things. But the first picture that I saw was people that were rioting. So there was riot gear and there was a bunch of people. So the people that are uh, part of the Solomon Islands are called Melanesian people. They're really beautiful people. Um, kind of like darker skin, but really light eyes. They're just a beautiful people. So anyway, I start jumping on Wikipedia, which isn't always the greatest source for information, but still I was like, okay, I was finding out the gross national product of their country. And I was finding out that they are a scuba diving um, kind of hub. There's more species of butterflies on that group of islands than anywhere else in the world, including the largest butterfly, which is averages 10 inches in wingspan. Oh, wow. Like, hide your kids, hide your wife. Here comes yeah. the butterflies. They're going to uh -huh. carry them away. Like, there goes uh -huh. Jimmy. Oh, no. Uh -huh. you know? <laughs> so, uh, they're a gold exporter. It, uh, just an incredible history. In World War II, Japan and the United States collided over some of those islands and decimated some of them. So sad. Um, so, anyway... When I got down on, on Wikipedia to see religion, you know, what religions are represented, it said 98% Christian. I was like, what? I didn't even know there was a place like that. That shocked me. And then I thought, 98% Christian. Lord, why is this on your mind? I mean, there. I know I saw the riot thing, but... Why is a 98% Christian place on your mind rather than like Kazakhstan, which is 0.01% Christian or something, you know? And then it kind of started making sense. Oh, there is a riot happening real time here. So maybe that's what that was. Anyway, I, the next day I, I prayed through that and actually let me, let me backtrack. So, so I start praying about the Solomon Islands. I stepped outside. It was about 2.30 a.m., I'm walking around my neighborhood. My neighbors thought I was nuts because I would normally regularly go outside and pray for my city and pray for my neighbors and pray for the police department and different things that I was doing. So I'm outside praying and I'm envisioning praying for the people group of the Solomon Islands, the Melanesian people. Then I felt like God said to me, to my heart, like, you're not just praying for a broad spectrum of people. You're praying for individual people. I haven't given you their names yet, but I'm actually taking your prayers and focusing them on specific individuals. And that blew me away. I, I didn't even know that could happen. That's, that's cool. And he said, by the way, I've got people around the world. They're praying for you. I haven't given them your name. But there's a little lady maybe in somewhere like Russia who's sitting in front of a candle on her knees praying for someone in the United States and I'm having her pray for you. That blew me away, man. Um, the next day I'm hanging out with my buddy Tom and um, 
he, I was telling him about this thing. I was like, I didn't even know about the Solomon Island people. Uh, this, this whole experience uh, kind of blew me away. And so we were Googling Solomon Islands. We saw the, the um, story about why the riot was happening. It was because they were having an election. That's uh, a parliamentary system. It was part of uh, the England or the British Empire. And so they had set up a, a parliamentary structure. Well, they were having this prime minister getting voted in, and then something happened. They got disqualified, so they put in the runner-up, and everybody freaked out and started rioting. Well, the time that I started praying that night was real time, the time that the rioting started. And I just thought, oh my goodness, man, that, that blows me away. That God, if you just ask him, like, what's on your mind? Maybe he'll show you a people you never even knew existed. And maybe they're 98% Christian or 0.01% Christian, but he's got his eyes on specific people and he needed people from around the world to start contributing in prayer on their behalf. And I was just there and happened to ask God, how was your day? That blew me away. Now, for the record, they have not all, all of these experiences haven't been like that for me. Sometimes I'll ask God, how's your day? And I don't hear anything. Um, but I still like to ask him, you know. So anyway, back to the original story. He said, you've never asked me how my day was. I said, yeah, I've never had that thought. He goes, have you ever asked me what I laughed about today? My, I literally said out loud, you laugh? Yes. He goes, I have a great sense of humor. Do you know this about me? I'm hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I guess all I know about you is kind of like more stoic and holiness and, you know, uh, the fear of the Lord and those types of concepts. I never really thought that you were had humor or that you invented it. Um, he said, have you ever asked me what I cried about today? What? He goes, yeah, I mean, there's some really horrible stuff that happened today and it made me cry. Wow. No, I've, I've never had that thought. He said, do you have any idea what made me mad today? And Jared, this is this big. Um, he asked me that question. Any idea what made me mad today? I literally hung my head like this. And I whispered, probably me. I probably made you mad. <laughs> and he was like, no, no, you didn't make me mad today. Mm-hmm. Um, that was yesterday. That, uh, that's right. <laughs> well, you were throwing a tantrum and telling me at that's 9.30 right. at night, if you don't talk to me. Yeah. No, he was like, no, you didn't make me mad today, but that does speak to the way you view our relationship. Like, Dave, again, I know you love me. You just don't like me. We don't hang out. Like He goes, have you ever invited me out to lunch? Not really. He goes, have you ever invited me to watch a movie with you? What? He goes, I mean, I told you I'd never leave you or forsake you. And so all of those movies that you're watching, like you can't just check me at the door, go in and watch your rated R movie or whatever, and then come back out and be like, Lord, I'll give you a recap, uh, but I need to dumb it down to like the angel vid version of this movie because I know you wouldn't approve of all these F words and all that stuff. (laughs) 
He goes, I told you, I never leave you or forsake you. I'm sitting with you through the movie. Um, but he was, the, the deeper concept was, you know, you don't treat me like a friend. We don't share meals together. We don't go on walks together. You don't ask me to hang out. You don't ask me how my day was. You have no idea if I was mad, sad, happy, like happy. You, we don't have those conversations. Usually you're just like, Hey Lord. And then you start into your list of stuff that you need or want. And there's just more to friendship with me than that. So he said, Dave, the way that you think influences the way that you think about me. You love me, but you don't like me. And you believe that same thing about me. You believe that I love you. And you genuinely believe that I don't like you. <laughs> and I said, you're right. I mean, how could you? How could you like me? My thought process on that is, God knows me better than I know myself. And there's some things about myself that I don't like. So if he knew all of the ins and outs of who I am, the secrets that I carry, the uh, bad decisions I've made, the, the way that I try to present myself in a really positive light when I'm hanging out with people, but in private, who I really am. If you know all that stuff, there's no way you could like me. There's no way. We just did a whole podcast on that. I always really? call it the big, I call it the big ugly. That, that thing that's inside that you're doing everything so desperately to hide because you don't want, you don't want anyone to see it. Because if they see who you really are and what you really think about, uh, they're not going to like you and you're going to be rejected, you know. Um, and so, and, and that's across the board, right? That's not... Uh, this person or that person it's every single one of us is dealing with that thing inside that we're trying so desperately to hide and put on that facade to keep everybody out but I mean you're right that uh, I think that we convince ourselves sometimes that uh, God just overlooks some of those things ah you know God, God loves me he overlooks that's so that's cool you know it's not you know but obviously it's not um, and uh, God wants to, that's where God really wants to meet you is in those, is in those spaces. So, that's sorry, right. continue. No, you're good, man. So, um, he said to my heart, basically like, yes, I love you. I've always loved you, but I really like you. I would love to have a friendship with you. And, you haven't been too interested up to this point. You've been focused on being my little employee that gets gold stars on his shirt for doing a really good job. Um, but I don't want an employee. I want a friend. So when he was telling me that he liked me, I asked him, like, what do you, what do you mean by that? Like, you like me? He goes, yeah, like you like Tara. You think that she's hilarious and you love spending time with her. That's what I want with you. It, ha it isn't what you've wanted with me, but that's why I brought you up here this weekend to introduce you to this idea that you and I could be friends. 
And it really reminded me of John chapter 15. I want to read this to you really quick because this helped me a lot. Just from a biblical standpoint, wrap my head around what friendship with Jesus means or what it could look like. So in John 15, is it okay if I read this really quick or do you want to read it? Yeah. No, go ahead. You got it right there. You read it. Okay, cool. I'm just going to pick up in verse 9. I'm talking about John 15, 1 through 17, but in verse 9 it says... I don't want to make people feel bad for me being able to just pull scripture out, you know, (laughs) out of my mind like that. So I'll go ahead and let you you read it. (laughs) I was going to just quote it from memory, but you go ahead and read it. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So verse 9 says, I love you with the same love the Father loves me. That right there is mind-blowing. Jesus loves you with the same love that Father loves Jesus. So he says, you must continually let my love nourish your hearts. Actually, I'm reading in a, in a version that I didn't, uh, let, me, let me go to a different version. I'm reading the NLT. I was reading a, the Passion Translation just now. And I was like, that doesn't sound familiar. Okay. It says, I love you even as the Father has loved me. So remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. So he tells you what it is to remain in my love. You obey my commandments. Just as I obey my father's commandments and remain in his love. Now listen, I've told you these things so that you can be filled with my joy. Have you ever thought about that? That the reason that God gives commandments is so that you'd be filled with his joy? What? He said, yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. So ready? The big commandment. Love each other in the same way I've loved you. So he's like, okay, you want to remain in my love? Do what I say. And here's what I'm saying. And the reason I'm telling you what I'm saying is because I want you to be a joyful person. So here's my big commandment. Do this. Love people the same way I've loved you. He says, there's no greater love than when Someone lays down his life for their friends. Verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command. So you get to be friend with Jesus when you love people like he loves them. That's the natural byproduct. You do that commandment and you get friendship with Jesus. In verse 15, he says, I'm not going to call you anymore my slaves or my servants. Because I've told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for when you use my name. I'm going to tell you one more time, this is my command, love each other. So Jesus is saying, I'm not calling, my my heart, my desire for you isn't to be my employee. It's not to be um, my servant. There is an aspect, yes, of Jesus is my master. And I am his servant, 100%. -hmm. But he's like, I want to take you deeper than just being my servant. I have plans for you. And one of those plans is I'd like to move you into a deeper relational space with me where you're not just interacting with me as a servant where you and I are now friends. 
it blew me away, man. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot to do with uh, intimacy uh, and deep intimacy um, and not a, you know, not, not that worker relationship, but that, that deeper intimacy uh, relationship. Uh, I, I guarantee there's probably people listening that are going, okay, I want to hear from God. I don't know what that looks like. I, I don't think that we have time to dive into all of that today. Uh, I know I've had my experiences and you have your experiences as far as what it looks like to hear God's voice. And, and you know, I mean, that, 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 that's the mantra of a follower of Jesus, right, is listen and obey. And so, uh, yes, listening by, by reading God's word, but then, you know, there's so many things going on in the world right now that, you know, isn't directly, you know, spoken to in the word. So how do you you know, move from that step to the other. So, uh, we, we might just have to have you back, Dave. I know that, I know that strong by design did a podcast. Uh, I've listened to it, uh, about listening to God's voice as well. So, uh, if you're listening, go back in our episodes a little bit, search it and, uh, listen to that. But I, I, I'm just interested to hear from you, uh, as well, Dave, as, uh, you know, your experiences of, of hearing God and hearing his voice and, you know, the questions of, well, how do you know it's you? I was actually just having this conversation. Christiana and I are going through this, uh, turmoil of, do we keep our kids in public school or do we homeschool them? Uh, you know, I don't know if turmoil is the right word, but you know, this, this kind of battle and Christiana was just saying, I, I feel like this is what God is speaking to me. And so I, I start questioning her, not in a, in a mean sense, but you know, why do you believe this is what God is saying to you? Like walk me through, um, you know, and her response immediately was because it, it freaks me out and I don't want to do it, but I feel like it's what he's telling me to do. And I said, well, that's usually, you know, uh, you know, a lot of times God asks us to step, you know, you're not speaking to yourself, trying to convince yourself to do something that you don't want to do. You know, um, that's coming. It has to be coming from somewhere else. Um, and so, but uh, we can, yeah, I think that we'll just have to have you back sometime, uh, Dave, to dive more into that stuff. But uh, I just think about this, this deep intimacy uh, w- with God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I know I told you I grew up in the Friends Church that is very heavy on listening to the to the Spirit and, and following in that obedience. And so, um, you know that that's always been a part of of my upbringing. I guess is is learning to to sit and allow the Spirit to speak to you. Um, you know, we, we you, I think you and I both use the analogy of. Uh, God's already at work. I'm just trying to grab onto the coattails and, uh, you know, do it, figure out what are you already doing so I can participate in the work that you're doing. Um, but just this week, uh, there was a, a girl who was on America's Got Talent. Uh, her name was Jane uh, Marchevsky. Do you know who I'm talking about? No. Um, so her, her music name was Night Bride. Um, and when she was on America's Got Talent, she she was very outspoken about having cancer, and she's battling cancer. Um, do you remember her? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so uh, just this past week, she actually passed away uh, from cancer. Uh, and Christiana found this. Uh, her, I think her parents are actually going to release her her album on July fourth. Um, and so, great voice, incredible story. Um, but she she wrote a blog, and I'm just going to read you this excerpt from this blog that she wrote. She says, I am God's downstairs neighbor. 
banging on the ceiling with a broomstick. I show up at his door every day, sometimes with songs, sometimes with curses, sometimes with apologies, gifts, questions, demands. Sometimes I use my key under the mat and let myself in. Other times I sulk outside until he opens the door to me himself. I have called him a cheat and a liar, and I meant it. I've told him I wanted to die, and I meant it. Tears have become the only prayer I know. Prayer, prayers roll over my nostrils and drip down my forearms, then fall to the ground as I reach for him. These are the prayers I repeat night and day, sunrise, sunset. Call me bitter if you want to, that's fair. Count me among the angry, the cynical, the offended, the hardened, but count me also among the friends of God, for I have seen him in rare form. I have felt his exhale, laid in his shadow, squinted to read the message he wrote for me in the grout. I'm sad too. In an uh, if an explanation would help, he would write. Uh, he would write me one. I know it. But maybe an explanation would only start an argument between us, and I don't want to argue with God. <laughs> it gets me every time I read this, man. Uh, I want to lay in a hammock with him and trace the veins in his arms. I mean, that's deep intimacy with someone struggling with cancer at a very young age. And... Uh, I am God's neighbor, and I'm banging at him with a broomstick. Man, there's so many things in there. I could just read that over and over again and get so much out of it. Uh, but when I think about friendship with God, I mean, it's so funny that we have this podcast today. Funny is the wrong word, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, you and I are meeting today, and literally she says, you know, count me as God's friend. You know, uh, and Christiana showed me that last night, and I'm just blown away by it. And... Uh, it inspires me and it encourages me to say, God, man, I think that I've known what it is to be your friend, but I know that I'm not walking in it right now. Um, and so, you know, bring me back to that place of uh, liking you and spending time with you. One of my very first interactions with, with God in high school was walking by trash on the ground and God saying to me, Jared, you need to pick that up. And like a little kid, my response was, it's not my trash. I didn't do it. And, and, and he says, I know, but I'm asking you to do it. Will you just do that for me, please? Uh, you know, and okay, of course, yeah, you, got to, you asked me to do it. Of course, I'm going to do it. You know, and so you go in. Uh, but it's those small little interactions of uh, the, the conversation with Jesus in the midst of your day right? Um, it's not necessarily asking permission, should I have chicken or fish, you know? Uh, I mean, you can bring God into that, you know? Hey, God, I'm going to eat one of these, you know? Which one has the salmonella? Which one should I stay away from? <laughs> you know, I mean, if you want to get into that, you can. But it's it's that inviting him into those deep, intimate spaces that, and, and the normal spaces uh, that we go through in our day, right? Um, and so, uh, it's so good. Like I said, Dave, I, I want... To hear more about what your, your discernment process of, of hearing God's voice um, and what that looks like because I think that 
uh, almost everybody out there would say, yeah, of course I want to hear God. Uh, and a lot of us have asked to hear God at times and heard nothing and feel like, well, then God must not be real or God doesn't want to speak to me or that's for the spiritually elite. It's not for, for the Joe Schmo. And, and that, I know that that's completely not the case and not the truth. So, um, we'll just tease that, that, uh, we'll, we'll have you come back and we can have that conversation. But, uh, man, Jesus not only loves you, he likes you. He wants you not to just love him. He wants you to like him. Uh, and, uh, Man, uh, I, I, I think that you might have, uh, if you could say one thing to people who are listening to this right now, as they go and they say, man, I want Jesus to be my friend. Uh, Dave, what would you say? I would say that one of the things that stood out to me in the process was that humility is needed and that you're also going to be taking risks in that friendship just to get to know him. And sometimes you're going to miss it. And sometimes you're going to do great. But the point is, you know, from a practical standpoint, what can you do? Well, I just scheduled a lunch with him right when I got back down from the mountains, you know, that back then when I was experiencing this for the first time, I took him out to Chipotle. And uh, we, I, I was like, do I order you a burrito? I'm not sure. If yeah. so, are you a barbacoa <laughs> guy? Are you a steak person? Yeah. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't show up and eat it or consume it by fire, can I have the rest of it? You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How does um, this work? How does yeah. this work? Yeah. Um, but basically, I, I took my Bible and I, I shared a meal with him and I invited him to spend time with me. I used to take walks and invite him. Hey, let's go get the mail together. I would drive down the road by myself on the way to a meeting and I'd take my hand and slip it into the seat next to me. And uh, almost like I was, you know, patting somebody on the leg or holding a hand or something. And I would just say, hey, thanks for hanging out with me on the road. What do you want to talk about? Um, you know, I just started, tr- it was weird, but I just started to try to, um, this is going to sound funky maybe, but like humanize him, like realize, oh yes, he is a person. That's right. And the, if I had a relationship with somebody where they were just saying, hey, I need this and that and that and that and that, and that's all it was, that'd be a frustrating relationship to me. But so, so I'm going to pivot in the way that I talk with God. I'm going to actually take him out to lunch and, you know, treat him like he's real. <laughs> and so uh, I would just encourage you to do that. I would encourage the, you know, if you're listening experiment with some ways to hang out with them. And it might feel weird. It might feel um, like maybe you don't hear a lot. Maybe that's not the point though. Maybe the point is just being rather than getting your next assignment. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. I would encourage you to to explore the idea and try it. Uh, It's been like, I'm not a pro at it, but it has helped me a lot. In so Absolutely. many ways of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that intentionality is is a key piece, you know. Uh, saying, you know, it's good. So, and it, it's cool too. I mean, because that goes to every aspect of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? I mean, knowing each of them individually. Um, we can get into that story sometime too. When Jesus said to me. Uh, you know me, but you don't know my father. That's right. Um, and I was like, uh, you know, uh, yikes. Okay. Uh, 
<laughs> my bad. Uh, I don't know anything. <laughs> uh, man, Dave, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with me today. Uh, for those of you listening, thank you guys for being uh, with us today. Uh, you know, uh, invite Jesus into your life. Invite him into those those spaces. Go, go take, let's all be crazy together. I think Christians are supposed to be a little crazy. So let's go uh, take Jesus out to lunch. And, and what's great is we can all do it at the same time. So, uh, you know, way to go, God, to, to be able to, to manage all of that. So, Dave, you're awesome. I appreciate you. Again, uh, you know, if you haven't, uh, given us a, a rating on this on, on our iTunes account please give us a good rating uh, please share this uh, with someone that you think needs to hear it uh, I pray right now that Jesus is putting a name in your mind of someone that needs to hear this message today and so go ahead and uh, copy it paste it share it in a text message share it on social media whatever you got to do uh, to, to get this out to people that need to hear it so Dave you're amazing appreciate you my friend and uh, look forward to uh, talking with you again real soon. Likewise. See you, buddy. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe so that more people can find out about our show. Plus, you don't want to miss any future episodes with the amazing guests and topics we have lined up for you. 